0: Last time we were talking about the self We raised the question as to Who am I? Where do I come from? Why do I get born into this world? And how come that I had to go through Say at the most 100 years of life experiences And then I have to pass away? What brought me here? To some people, these questions bother them and they they could never get an answer for these questions. To some people, they don't really know about these questions. They don't care about these questions. What they care about is material acquisition. What they care about is just live the daily life, eating your breakfast, eating your lunch, going to work, going to school, come back, sleep, and go and repeat the same daily routines every day. And in, in, in between, looking for satisfaction of the senses, satisfaction of sensuality, and um, acquisition of wealth, fame, luxuries, you name them, and they find pleasure in doing that. As to regard the spiritual questions of all those that are just raised up, who care? I mean, <laughs> what they care is just happiness. Um, As long as I'm happy, what do I care? But we all know that happiness is impermanent. Maybe a day or two days, maybe a few minutes. But in the process of looking for this happiness, which you regard as happiness, define quote-unquote as happiness, we don't even know if your definition of happiness is right or wrong. Even though you have this happiness, then you have to still go through a lot of sufferings. And do you realize the sufferings? Or do you realize the world is full of sufferings? Um, have you thought about those sufferings? Have you attempted to overcome the sufferings? Or have you attempted to find out why do we have to suffer? All these all these sometimes physical questions, sometimes metaphysical questions, we call it Spiritual questions. Do we all address these things? Well, I think yes, if we address these things, we we'll have to go to what is this? Some philosophers or some psychologists call it the eight, ID eight, or the ego, or the self. Do we have to analyze all this self? Remember, in meditation, there are two parts to it. One, is Samatha and the other part is Vipassana. And if you are a first time comers, you may not know about it, but it's worth repeating and repeating all the time. What is Samatha? Samatha is the, is the training in our concentration. We have to be in, tr- in control of ourselves and in all the control of ourselves we have to be in control of our own mind now in order to control your own mind you need to have concentration that you know your own mind that you know how to put them into control that's samatha and that's one of the objectives of meditation is to put our mind under your own control in your own your destiny your mind as we just mentioned at the beginning, Lee mentioned that a thought in the mind is from words without words you cannot think you think you can think without words? so you gotta have notions you gotta have symbols you gotta have language in your mind in order to think so a thought is from words And the words and thoughts becomes, when it slowly materializes, it becomes speech or action. You talk, you talk, a thought, you talk it out, or you act it out, becomes volitional actions. So, words and thoughts, they come together, and this thought produces energy, and if it produces energy, it becomes volitional speech or action. And if you repeat this speech and action all the time, it becomes habit, right? It becomes habit. You habituate it, and when it becomes habit, when you do it gradually all the time, it becomes your personality. It becomes what we call the character. It becomes what we call your temperament. Uh, that's what it is. And when it becomes your personality, then it becomes your destiny. Why would? A personality become a destiny. Because all these things create energy. Your personality. Your personality of honesty. Your personality of compassion. Your personality of selfishness. Your personality of creating anger, violence. Your personality of depressive attitude. Your depression of hilarity. Whatever you want to name it. All these things. All these things bring energy And this energy that you bring forward Will breed to your destiny Or will create your destiny So don't, don't, don't blame anybody For you you have encountered so far What is the Buddha's teaching? The Buddha starts with analyzing self Your own self When you are sleeping Your eyes don't see Your nose don't smell Your ears don't listen Your tongue don't taste Your body don't touch But then you still have the brain, the mentality You know what you did did when you were dreaming? Your mentality went back to the past Your mentality worries for the future Your mentality gets into a dream your mind is non-stop even though you are sleeping 24 hours non-stop Like running your, 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 your memory, your disk, your computer Your keyboard, because you're not there, stops already You don't put your fingers on your keyboard But your memory, your, your disk is still running and running and running and running Why? Because you got all the energy in there stored in there so don't you know zamatha is to first of all put your mind under your control that's what you're doing you have chosen on a Saturday morning to come to the temple to attend a lecture of, to attend meditation and the lecture of self I think you are taken the right choice um, to so some people, yeah, taking the right choice. So, some people, the choice is driven. Why? Sunday, mor- Sunday mornings, raining, nowhere else better to go. <laughs> Why don't come to a temple? That's your second choice. Some people, it's the first choice. Some people go partying, uh, sleep in for two hours, a couple of hours, dreaming you've taken the right choice And hopefully you always will take the right choice In everything you're doing So you've taken the choice to understand yourself To understand your own mind And to practice putting your monkey mind under your control Now that is Samatha I haven't talked about vipassana as yet So don't you want to put your mind under control? You have now what is this Vipassana? Just to briefly talk about it, because we can talk for days if we, if we elaborate Vipassana is what? Vipassana is to put insight into your concentration Concentration is just, some people will, will, will call it boring, boring, boring You're sitting there doing nothing, you're concentrating on, on an object of breath, isn't that boring? It is boring to you if you don't understand It is boring to you if you don't have Vipassana What is Vipassana? Vipassana is putting your wisdom into the concentration It's just like when you use a lens You want to lit up a fire If you just put the lens out and the sun shines under the fire, you focused it A fire would be focused and come out What do you use to fire? A vipassana is to focus and put that focus onto your wisdom to explore the spirituality of life. Don't you have to gear your focus to something more meaningful? Putting your wisdom in the concentration. And when you put your wisdom in that concentration, what comes out? You are walking the Buddha's path you explore more into life. You'll be more intelligent to start with. Intelligence is just a temporal aspect of wisdom. You will go beyond the temporal aspect, beyond, beyond superficial wisdom. You'll go into the sanely wisdom. With that wisdom, you explore into the mystic. You explore into something that you've never dreamed of, you'll never know. And that's Buddhahood. That's nirvana, that is anutra samya samputi. That is something difficult to explain And for the purpose of thinking, we'll put in words for the thinking We call it Buddha nature, we call it dharagata We call it samya Samputti. And we simply, in simple English, we call it wisdom Because we have to have a word to think about it And the Buddha said that's wisdom, but the Buddha said Only when you realize the supreme wisdom will you be able to realize the true wisdom. And at that level, you don't fall into the trap of thinking erroneously anymore. There's no words in it. Because you're beyond words. As Bani said, we always like to repeat. Right? So that we can put more and more into our vipassana into our meditation. Because you need to contemplate on it. So you need to think about this all the time Not just the one-time deal If you're coming here and you think I learned it already It's the three A's of meditation The first A stands for body The second A stands for breath And the third A stands for mind And all of these things is on paper I, I paste it onto the wall and I phased it I don't have to come anymore That's not right You, what is you? We said Okay, you, you interact to circumstances, you interact with your family, you interact with each other. And when you react, what do you react with? Your body, you react with your body and mind. But let's talk about the body first. Your body has, first of all, on the front end, on your keyboard end, if you use a computer and, and analogy, The whole set of these computer systems, what do you use at the front end? Your keyboards, your fingers. This is your front end reaction. We haven't talked about the programming, we haven't talked about the memory chips, we haven't talked about the hardware and the software, we just say, those are the keyboards. What are your keyboards? Your eyes react to you. React to what? Material. React to anything that you see molecules, whatever, and in the process of reacting I consciousness is created in you, you know that not just reaction, reaction itself reaction without consciousness is not the true reaction reaction without consciousness is not reaction it is reaction but it's not in the right sense reaction, certain consciousness is created and then you also have the ears react to sound, the nose react to smell, you have nose consciousness, and then your tongue react to taste, and you have taste consciousness, and your body react to tactility, sense of touch. These are the hardware. These are your hardware, my hardware. We make up software too. What is this software? The mind. Biologically, we'll call it the brain. The brain reacts to what? To everything! The brain reacts to the past, the present, and the future react to material sound, smell, taste, tactility. So in other words, that mind is just software. Without your software, can your body work? Can the computer work? If I use a computer as an analogy, you know it. We're nothing but a computer a lively computer, an animated computer. So that's your mind. you react to everything. That's the mind of consciousness. So fine, a psychologist will know all these things. I don't have to study the Buddhist teaching to know all these things. In psychology, we study all this. If you take a psychology course in, at UBC, Simon Fraser, you know how they start with? They don't start with this basic to you. They just tell you to study Freud, to study Descartes, to study Thomas Hobbes. They just give you the books and you study them and you flip to the first page, you turn to the last page and you find out what is he talking about? Because you, you don't know all the basics. You don't know what, what is is eight, what is identity, what is ego, what is superego. You don't know because they don't start with the basics. The Buddha starts with this basics. It's very important that you know all these basics before you touch onto psychology. I is a combination of what? of hardware and software. It's body and mind. The body would include eyes, ears, nose. In other words, the hardware would include the keyboards already. Forget about the software for now. Just this body. When we look at the body, how do we look at the body? When we look at ourselves, then of course we know our body But somehow when you look at yourself Whether or not you yourself is clad with clothes Or you yourself is naked You won't be looking at yourself with sensuality because you are yourself you're very close to yourself your own body you, look, you only look at your body somehow biologically or somehow you get used to it when you look at your body you won't arouse the sense of sensuality in you you won't induce that thought to think about men, women, sexual desire you won't do that but you, when you look at other bodies, it's a different attitude When you look at other bodies, this sense of sensuality comes out in you That induce you to have that sexual drive And when you have that, that instigates your body inside to produce certain hormones And then that hormone will instigate certain organ in you to react And when you react, you will do something additionally if you can control yourself you do it slowly you, you, you find ways to release that what you call pressure or pleasure or pleasure <laughs> more or less the same thing in the process of trying to satisfy your senses the satisfaction you may create a lot of energy you may go to prostitution house if you're a criminal Inclined person, you may do raping, you may do all kinds of things But somehow, you always have that sensuality desires in you And the Buddha told us, when you look at the body If you have that kind of desire, you already stop your way to sainthood Because to instigate the, the present karmic energy in you to arouse that desire, you also instigate or stimulate the seeds that you've been accumulating that sensuality, desire in you and you will commit to satisfy that desire When a man looks at a beautiful woman or when a, when, when, when a woman looks at a handsome man they all have different attitudes, different desires in their mind So the Buddha teaches a method, teaches a method to overcome this desire And of course, as an introduction, which I forgot to tell you or which I haven't told you What that introduction, why I haven't told you, because that introduction requires a little time to explain But this kind of desire in you stops you to the sainthood That's the first requirement to get to sainthood if you have that sensual desire, you can never get to the sainthood You have to curb that desire, eliminate the desire So that's the reason why the, the Buddha spent quite some time in helping us to analyze it Now how do we analyze this? Let's get in a little bit more detail Some people may not understand So what, what we call, the Buddha called it a bhavana, Which is Vipassana of impurities to contemplate on impurities. And what is this body made up of in the first place? The Buddha identified 32 parts of the body. When you look at the body, other body, a sensuality, desire aroused in you, you have to understand what that body is made up of in fact, in reality. Not in your quote unquote karmic contemplation about that body, because you're influenced by your own karma to look at that body. Can you look at things as they truly appeared? We don't look at things as they truly appear. We look at things as they seem to appear, or as it appeared in your mind. Why don't we look at a body as they actually is, as they actually are. What is a body? This is the body. We have the hair, the bodily hair, the nails, the teeth, the skin, the flesh, veins, bone structure, liquid in bone, kidneys, heart, liver, bladder, spleen, lungs, Intestine, small and large, stomach, feces, brain, gall, bladder, phlegm, pus, blood, sweat, blubber, tears, synovia, spit, mucus, marrow, urine. Generally speaking, we have the 32 parts of the body. That's the body biologically as they appear to be. But when you look at the body that aroused sensuality in you, you don't have that factual information you look at what you call the beauty of it and you, you look at the makeup of the cosmetics you look, up, you, you look at the hairdo you smell the perfume and you may erroneously look at the fictitious things of the body the artificial stuff of the body if that body has gone through plastic surgery then you actually you look at things that you may not be you may be looking at some of the materials, but that's the true factual parts of the body. Now, whenever we have that body? We identified it. the Buddha go ahead and say, vipassana meditation? We talk about samatha and vipassana. Vipassana is to induce insight into meditation. Insightful meditation about our body. When you have insight into that body, that would. Curb your sensual desire and bring you a step forward to enlightenment. And how do we do it? We call it Azubba Bhavana, contemplation of impurities. I got it from a sutra, an approach of visualizing the removal of body parts. One at a time will be used for this meditation. While using words to help with the visualization, remove the head hair and put it in front of you. This is in line with the Lord Buddha's instructions in the Kayagata Sati Sutta. Now, that's a quotation I got from the Sutta. Herein, bhikshus, bhikshus means monks and friends, the bhikshus contemplate the body from the soles of the feet upwards. So when they're meditating, they're using Vipassana to get an insight of a body This is one of the many Vipassana approach So analyze it from the sole, from the bottom of the feet, upwards to the head and from the top of the hair, downwards This filthy frame with skin stretched over it which is filled with many impurities consists of head hairs, body hairs, nails, teeth etc., etc., and urine, lastly, just as if a man with good sight would examine a sack with openings at both ends, filled with various kinds of grain, paddy, beans, sesame. One opening, it would recognize its content thus, this is paddy. this is beans, that is sesame, this is husked rice Exactly so does the big shoe investigate this body It's just like when you put all the different beans and, and rice in a sack You analyze every grain in the sack This is how you analyze this body, investigate this body, body. Yeah? Or this is somebody else's body or It can be both if it, it, whatever is convenient to you, you think that you always attach it to your body then you investigate your own body if you can investigate other bodies too So this is what we call a zupa Bhavana This is one of the many Vipassana meditation that we use to gear our mind to wisdom, to gear our mind towards contemplation of the reality and not of fictitious reality And then you can say the following words out loud or in your mind with your thoughts to help concentrate on and to contemplate the foulness of the body while visualizing it in your mind You start with the head, start with meditation and you start to repeat to yourself you whisper to yourself or you you just simply sound it to yourself remove the head hair and put it in front of you remove the facial hair and body hair From the neck and put it in front of you. Remove the skin, sweat, and pus on your face, head, and neck and put it in front of you. Remove the facial fat, net fat, and tallow and put it in front of you. Remove the flesh and sinews from the face, head, and neck and put it in front of you. Take the flesh and squeeze it out of the blood and limbs and put it in front of you. Remove the eyes and tears and put it in front of you. Remove the nose, not and flam and put it in front of you we move your tea, your tongue, your spittle put it in front of you if you do all that and you get into the last sentence these things are disgusting to look at let alone go near or touch they have a disgusting smell even if they are left here for a day they will begin to decay faster and rot they are subject to change aging decay disease death and cause much suffering, when clung to, and thought as me, myself, or I, mine, or as belonging to me. They are impermanence, causing much suffering when clung to, are not within my control, and therefore cannot be considered as myself, as me, as self, as mine, as belonging to me. This is the reality of the body, which I did not see now. I see it now. so. Vipassana teaches you to see things as they actually in reality You don't see the cosmetics You don't smell the, f- the perfume You don't see the hairdo You don't see the makeup You don't see the clothes, the fashion You see the reality of the body So this is how you do this Vipassana You keep on training yourself, Vipassana And then that would curb your sensuality desire At this point, I remember I, back in Hong Kong I started to talk about these And there's one question is From a beginner, he said Sexuality is so satisfactory Why do I have to c- control it? Why do I have to eliminate it? It's good It's good for me Well, to that kind of newcomers we really have to go through another session this is a little higher level we have to go through another session of what is happiness derived what is pressure derived from sexual conduct what is pleasure and happiness derived from sexual misconduct Um, what is this feeling we really have to spend hours to talk about this if you don't see that point So this is for another higher level where you know that you don't need that Some people say, we need it If we don't have this, how can we reproduce? Population will stop There will be no people on earth I said, yes, everybody will be a saint, you'll be a Buddha You don't need anybody on earth What are people on earth anyway? People on earth, they're waging war against each other They're killing animals for food They're having jealousy, hatred, violence, you, you name them They're having all these inequalities There are all these things that we shouldn't have That's the second higher level So this, people ask me what is Vipassana Now I introduce it to you That is, after you control your mind, after you know that your mind under control. Your monkey stand still. Then you go into vipassana. Put more insight, wisdom, into the world, into every aspect of world, into impermanence, into the mind, into the body, into everything, into everything, and see, see everything, in reality, and not everything in appearance. We're cheated by appearance And we lose the reality If you see everything in reality you see, You're seeking the truth If you're being cheated by a fictitious reality You're confused You always go for suffering Because you don't see things as they are The Buddha slowly gets us to see things as they are